What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And today, guys, we are back giving you our college football playoff slash Heisman slash conference championship game preview. And Andrew, let's jump right into it with our first conference, which is the Pac-12. And that matchup is between USC and Oregon, originally scheduled for USC and Washington. But now we are here with USC and Oregon. And Andrew, who do you have winning that game? Well, Henry, I have USC winning that game. And this is strictly just because they're a better team. And Oregon has no business even being in this conference championship game. And as you mentioned, it was lined up to be USC and Washington, but Washington had issues within their program with COVID. So they had to go with the next team in line and that was Oregon and Oregon should just not be in this championship game. And USC is just a much better team, but this PAC 12 conference is still very weak. I would say in terms of a power five conference, because USC, although they're the they're the best team in the Pac-12 conference, I don't I wouldn't even say they're a top 10 team in the country. So I have USC winning this game and being the Pac-12 champion, but I don't think that really means anything in terms of the playoffs for them because the Pac-12 is just so weak and they've played very weak competition. And USC is just not that good of a team. So even though they're probably going to go undefeated and be the Pac-12 champion, I, I there's no reason for them to be in the playoffs or I don't even think they're a top 10 team, as I mentioned. So USC, they're, they're a good team, but I don't think they're good enough to make the playoffs. But yes, I have them winning the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, Andrew, and I completely agree with everything you said. I mean, USC is by far the best team in this conference. I mean, it's pretty obvious that Oregon is not at the top 15 team that they were coming into this year known to be and obviously they had Colorado ranked for a week and they lost to Utah last week so that's no more and Andrew I mean you could make a strong argument that the Pac-12 is no longer a power five conference in college football and I'm interested to see what a lot of you guys have to say about this but I mean USC by far the best team in this conference. This conference is probably not top five in the country. And it's just, it's sad how much of a fall off we've had with this Pac-12. But moving on, Andrew, now to our second conference today. And this is probably one of the only conferences that you'll see us debate. And that is the Big 12, where we have Oklahoma, a top 10 team, and Iowa State, a team who could possibly sneak into the playoffs with some help with it. And we'll discuss those possibilities of them getting in later in this episode but Andrew who do you have winning the Big 12 championship game Henry I have Iowa State winning this and this is just strictly because of their veteran presence that they have especially on the offensive end and Brock Purdy and Brees Hall are just so unstoppable and probably the most underrated quarterback running back duo in college football and I'm even going as far to say I think they could be the third best quarterback running back duo in college football, only behind Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne of Clemson and Mac Jones and Najee Harris of Alabama. And Iowa State has, I think they're the most underrated team in college football. Obviously, the committee sees that they're not uh, or aren't underrating them because they have them at six, which I think they should be so at least at six or seven. And the committee really got that right there with Iowa State as high as they are. 
but people aren't giving them enough respect around the country. The fans, I feel like, aren't paying attention to this Iowa State team, and I think they're really, really good. And Oklahoma, it's I don't think Spencer Rattler will be able to show up in his first Big 12 championship game compared to Brock Purdy and Brees Hall. I just don't think Spencer Rattler will be able to match how good in that offensive fire that Iowa state has. And that's what I think will come down to who will score the most points because we know in the big 12, they don't play much uh, defense and overall who I think is the better offense. That's Iowa state and Brock Purdy. So Iowa state's winning this one for me, Henry. Andrew, if we're counting how many conference championships the starting quarterback for both teams have been to Brock Purdy's also been to zero in case case you were still wondering about that. And with Oklahoma, I mean, their defense is severely, severely underrated. This is probably the best defense Oklahoma has had in the Lincoln-Riley era, arguably. But this defense has been significantly improved from last year, and especially since that Oklahoma State game. I mean, they've been arguably a top 20 defense in all of college football. Spencer Rattler's finally starting to play very well. That offense is hitting its stride like we're used to seeing. I think Iowa State is still a very good team, but I think that just this high-powered, just this the ability to play on both sides of the ball for this Oklahoma team will give them the win in this game, Andrew. Yeah, and what I was trying to get at was it, it wasn't that Brock Purdy's been to more conference championships and he's more experienced in these types of games and situations because, to be honest, Brock Purdy hasn't played that many huge games in terms of, like, bowl games and championship games. He hasn't really played that at Iowa State. But Brock Purdy is a lot more experienced in general, and that's what I think it will come down to because I think Brock Purdy will shine in this game. Getting his first opportunity and being as experienced as he is I think he will perform very well and much better than Spencer Rattler, who is getting his uh, first time even playing on a college football field. I know he took some snaps the previous season, but this is his first year as a starter. And going to the conference championship game, I, I just think his luck will run out once he gets to the big stage, which is the conference championship game. But like I said, it was not to compare who's been to more championship games, but to compare Who's had more experience in general? Yeah, Andrew, I agree with what you said. I just think that the ability to play on both sides of the ball, I think Oklahoma just has that ability where I still have some questions just overall with Iowa State. They've been solid on defense. I think Oklahoma has just been hitting their stride more. They've been improving more. And I think Iowa State has just been steady, just this solid team all year. I think Oklahoma is just going to play to the talent level that they have. And moving on now, Andrew, to probably the easiest conference championship game we can discuss here, and that's the Big Ten. I mean, there's not much discussion here. Ohio State's winning this game, Andrew. 100% agree here, and Ohio State's just the better team. And Ohio State's a much better team, actually, than Northwestern. And Ohio State is a much better offense. I, I would say much better defense, but honestly – not our Ohio state's defense is not as good as we thought it was going to be coming into the season. That's one thing that's disappointed me about this team. Ohio state's defense just isn't that good. And isn't as good as we're used to seeing Northwestern's defense is very good, 
But on the other side of that line, you have Justin Fields taking snaps, and that's about all you need. This Ohio State offense is one of the best in the country, and even as, if their defense isn't as good as we're used to seeing, this is still a really good football team, and Ohio State will win this. And I'm making a bold prediction. I think Ohio State will win this game by 21-plus points against Northwestern. That's how good Ohio State is. And just the talent comparison between the two, Ohio State's just a lot more talented team than Northwestern is. Yeah, Andrew, I mean, it, it's obvious. Ohio State is just the, the powerhouse of the Big Ten. They're going to make the college football playoff. The committee's doing everything in their power to allow that to happen. The Big Ten is doing everything in their power to allow that to happen. And, Andrew, I mean, let's move on now to one of our final two conferences, which is one we thought we'd be debating a lot stronger after basically up until this past week. But after this week, I think this is pretty obvious. And with the SEC, I don't think there's any really debate here. I think Alabama is going to win this game by 100. Jalen Waddle's back. I don't know if Florida is going to be able to defend Devontae Smith either. Mac Jones is playing significantly better than a lot of people expected. They have arguably the best running back in the country. That defense is playing better. I mean, what what in a, your right mind would tell you that Florida has any chance in this game, Andrew? Yeah, I 100% agree with you on that too. Florida notoriously has one of the worst defenses in the country. And when you're facing one of the best, if not the best offense in college football, it's probably not going to go well for you. As good as Florida's offense is, they can't match that type of presence on the defensive end. So that you put tit for tat in Henry, Alabama's going to beat them by a lot because their offense is just that good. And their defense should be able to contain Florida's offense enough to give them a very good lead, which they will get. And they will eventually win this SEC championship game. Once again, another bold prediction, I think by 21 plus, because that's how good Alabama is compared to Florida. And the main reason why Alabama and Florida, the talent difference is so large is because of that defense. Florida's defense is awful. And when you have Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devonta Smith, you have uh, Jalen Waddle coming back, as you said, Henry. And you also have John Mechie, who's a very underrated receiver in college football. This Alabama offense is really, really good, as we all know. And this Florida uh, defense is really, really bad. And you put it together, and Alabama's going to win by a lot, Henry. Yeah, Andrew. And I mean, it, it's obvious there's no chance for Florida. Their offense is playing significantly worse over these past couple of weeks. Their defense has been awful all year. Alabama's offense has just been ridiculous all year. They're getting arguably their best receiver back this week, most likely. And even without them, they'll still win by 50. And their defense has been playing significantly better over the past couple of weeks. I mean, Nick Saban's trying to act like this is going to be a game to sell all the fans that it could be possibly a game, but there's there's no way this is this is going to be a blowout and unfortunately this is game is in prime time and but i mean it's obvious alabama is going to win this game moving on now andrew to probably the most exciting game of the entire weekend the game that's going to decide a lot of teams playoff hopes the acc championship 4 p.m eastern time in charlotte north carolina 
Clemson versus Notre Dame on ABC. Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreit on the call. Andrew, who do you have winning this game? Henry, I have Clemson getting their revenge against Notre Dame and beating them. And Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, I think, is near unstoppable. And I think they'll showcase that against Notre Dame. But on the other side of it, Notre Dame is a really good football team, undefeated to this point, and they beat Clemson. Like I said, it was without Trevor Lawrence. But nonetheless, Clemson's quarterback, I really don't want to butcher his name. I think it's something like DJ Uigalele. I have no idea. But you know who I'm talking about for those fans out there. He threw for over 400 yards, I believe. You can't do much better than that, even if you're Trevor Lawrence. So it, it has some to believe that that game would have been close with Trevor Lawrence anyway. So Notre Dame's still a really good football team. I don't think people are giving them enough credit for that win against Clemson, even if it was without Trevor Lawrence. So this game was really tough for me to pick. But like I said, I think Clemson gets their revenge. Trevor Lawrence is here to play in the playoffs and to solidify himself as the number one pick, although he might not want to be because it looks like the Jets are going to get it. But He's going to solidify himself with the number one pick, possibly with this game and getting his revenge against Notre Dame and solidifying a playoff spot for this Clemson team and solidifying himself as the number one pick in next year's draft over Justin Fields. So, yes, I think Clemson's going to win this game. Yeah, Andrew, I agree with what you said. But Trevor Lawrence, I don't think, will be the difference in this game. Clemson in that game, the first game they played Notre Dame, Andrew, everyone forgets that they missed – Three starters on the defensive end, one of which was an outside linebacker, pass rusher, another of which was a middle linebacker, and someone in the secondary, I forget who it was. But, Andrew, the middle linebacker is arguably one of the most important positions in all of college football. Outside linebacker such pass rusher. They had to start a true freshman there instead, which obviously a five-star, not a big deal, but – a guy who's more experienced and just has played more college football makes a huge difference in that difference in that case. And I think that this game could possibly be a lot lower scoring than we're imagining it to be, considering that Notre Dame has probably the best defense in all of college football, and Clemson is getting three players back that they didn't have on defense against Notre Dame the first time. I think Clemson wins this game in a very close one, Andrew. Yeah, and also I don't think people realize this, that Travis Etienne, who's arguably the best running back in college football, only had 28 yards that game. So if he could possibly rush for more and Trevor Lawrence puts up close or similar numbers than Clemson's backup quarterback did in that game, which was 439 yards and two touchdowns. If he can even put up 350, 300 yards, it doesn't even have to be over 400 yards. And Travis Etienne can rush for at least 60 yards. I think this game is definitely leaning towards Clemson's favor if those things can be done. Because Ian Book, he can only do so much. And he is the true leader of this offense. And if Clemson getting their three defensive players or defensive starters back, which they didn't have in the previous game against them, Getting them back, Ian Book probably won't have nearly as good of a performance that he had. So 
we I think there's a really good chance that we see Clemson winning this game, although I think it still will be close because Notre Dame will play up to any competition they face. They've shown that so far this season being undefeated. But right now, I think it's leaning towards Clemson to win, and that's why I do have them winning. But I still expect this to be a close game. Yeah, Andrew, and with those results of those games, we are here to give you our final college football playoff predictions, who we think the four teams will be selected on Sunday at noon. And I think we can both say that it's going to be highly likely that these are the four teams in, considering that Clemson, we both think, will beat Notre Dame in the conference championship. I think if that happens, I think these will obviously be the standings. So at number one, I have Alabama, best team in the country all year. I think at number two, it will be Clemson, ACC champs. I think it lines up better to have them at number two, considering they beat Notre Dame in the bigger game that matters. Ohio State at three, not because I think they're better than than Notre Dame. I think it's because you don't want to see Notre Dame, Clemson, the third time and basically two games in a row. And at four, I have Notre Dame, who will sneak in over Texas A&M just purely because they're the better team and they have better wins, Andrew. Yeah, and I completely agree with you on everything you just said. One, Alabama, they're just the best team. Two, Clemson, because I expect them to win the ACC championship over an undefeated Notre Dame. That puts them at two for me. At three, Ohio State, expecting them to win their conference championship game. But I don't have them at three, once again, like you said because I think they're better than Notre Dame. I just think the committee, no way they put Clemson and Notre Dame to face each other for a third time in the second game in a row. The committee wouldn't do that. They want to spice it up a little bit. They'll put Ohio State at three, expecting that they win. And at four, I have Notre Dame. Notre Dame has basically clinched a spot in the college football playoffs, I think, unless they get absolutely blown out by Clemson by 40. I think Notre Dame has saved themselves a spot in the uh, college football playoffs. And there is no way, even if Alabama loses by 50 to Florida, that Alabama is not going to be in. Alabama has solidified themselves a spot too. But I want to talk about some scenarios that we can see other teams sneak in. And Henry, I want to ask you if we could possibly see some uh, number five, number six in the country possibly get in depending on who loses. So we'll go over that right now. So here's a scenario for you, Henry. Clemson loss. Clemson loses, right? And a Texas A&M loss as well. This guarantees a two-loss team in the college football playoffs. This has That has never happened before in college football playoff history. Or we could get a possibly non-Power 5 school, an undefeated one like a Cincinnati in there as well. Which do you think is more likely? Do you think we get that guaranteed two-loss team? or And who would that be if that is the case? Or do you think we see Cincinnati sneak in there at the fourth spot being undefeated? Andrew, in that case, for me, based on my predictions, since I have Oklahoma winning the Big 12, I think it comes down to Cincinnati and Oklahoma. But I think you, you have to put Cincinnati in. They're, they'd be undefeated. They're higher ranked at the moment. They, they've shown it all year. And I think at that point, with that scenario, I think it has to be Cincinnati, Andrew. I would love to say Cincinnati, but if 
Iowa State wins their conference championship game against Oklahoma, I think you have to put the Big 12 champion in over an undefeated Cincinnati. But I, it just depends on who wins the conference championship game. Texas A&M, I don't see them getting in in any case unless we see in Ohio State and Clemson loss, which we'll talk about. But I don't see Texas A&M getting in, especially without a conference championship game to play. So I think it's Iowa State or Cincinnati, but because I have Iowa State winning that Big 12 championship game. But you have to put the Big 12 champion, especially the sixth-ranked team in the country going into that game. If they win against Oklahoma, who is a good football team, I see Ohio State or Iowa State, excuse me, getting in over Cincinnati. But moving on to our next scenario. And this is a Clemson loss and A&M, Texas A&M and Iowa State win as well. Both of them win. Who do you think gets in? Because like I said, I don't think Texas A&M can get in without a conference championship game under their belts, but they are a one loss team. And even if Iowa State wins, they, they are still a two loss team. So do you think the one loss non-conference champion A&M gets in or do you think the two-loss Iowa State Big 12 champion gets in. Andrew, I think it'd be Texas A&M because we've seen continuously SEC bias over the past couple of years. And I don't think that you can really justify putting Oklahoma State in considering how badly that the Big 12 has performed over the past couple of years in the playoffs, considering that Oklahoma got blown out by, what was it, like six touchdowns last year against LSU? I mean, everyone was going to lose to LSU. That team was insane, but they lost by six touchdowns, and that game was not close for majority or about 80% of that game, Andrew. But wrapping it up now with our final topic today, and that is our Heisman predictions Andrew, I think at this point you could say it's probably down to Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, Devontae Smith, and maybe, maybe with a phenomenal performance on Saturday, you could throw in Trevor Lawrence, but that's highly unlikely. Yeah, and I I really want to put in one more name. Ian Book, give him some respect, Henry. I know you've been hating on Ian Book a little all season because I've loved him. This man is undefeated this season and with another win over top three Clemson in the conference championship game, you have to at least put him as a finalist. I think you realistically put him in. I think whoever wins that ACC championship game, you can put in as the fourth finalist, but the three others you listed, I agree with, but that fourth finalist, I think it has to be the quarterback of the winning team in the ACC championship game. Andrew, it's a stats-driven award, and and Ian Book, excuse me, has nowhere near the stats of any of those other three guys, and he just, when you think about guys who are on high-powered offenses, that's what it's about. He is a lot driven by the play of his running backs, unlike these other guys, and I think that you can't, you can't include this guy in, in, in the Heisman race at this point, Andrew. He doesn't have nearly the stats. I really think it's down to Devontae Smith and Mac Jones in this race, but I'm interested to see who you have winning. 
I did have Kyle Trask winning this award before the previous week where he just lost to an LSU team that got blown out by the guy who I who I now think is going to win it, and Mac Jones. Mac Jones blew LSU out, and Kyle Trask was struggling. That really made it clear for me. Mac Jones is a Heisman. He's running one of the best Alabama teams we've seen in a while. Mac Jones is the best quarterback in college football this season, and Mac Jones deserves to win the Heisman Trophy. Andrew, I'm going to go out very bold here, and I want everyone to listen to me here. I have winning the Heisman Award this year, the 2020-2021 College Football Heisman Award winner to me will be Devontae Smith. And Andrew, why do you think Mac Jones' stats are so good? Because Devontae Smith is running wide open every single play of the game. He has 200 yards in basically every single game, two touchdowns in basically every single game. Against LSU, he would have had 400 yards if they wouldn't have benched him after two and a half quarters. I mean, Andrew, this guy is probably the best receiver from a statistical wise that we've seen. I, I, I don't know, since Desmond Howard won the award back in 1991. And I think that this is the year, this is a crazy year. I think this is the year you give the award to a wide receiver. Devonta Smith is not the reason why Alabama is undefeated and the best team in the country. Because without Mac Jones, Devonta Smith wouldn't be nearly as good as he is. Mac Jones, I think, and I'm not discrediting Devonta Smith at all, because I think he's a phenomenal player and the best wide receiver in football this season. But Mac Jones makes Devonta Smith look better in some shapes and forms. And I'm not saying Mac Jones is the reason why Devonta Smith is good. That, that Devonta Smith is a great player regardless of who his quarterback is. But Mac Jones makes him look like the best wide receiver in football. No question about it. Mac Jones is the true reason why Alabama is the best team in the country at this point in time. Mac Jones is the Heisman winner. Andrew, when you think about it, some of the throws that he has to make are – especially to Devontae Smith. I give him credit. He is the best quarterback in college football this year because there's no no one else on this team since Jalen Waddell has been out other than Devontae Smith, who is running wide open. And he's obviously not throwing it to Devontae Smith every single play because that would just be unfair. He's trying to make it a little fair for everyone else who's playing college football this year, which makes sense because Mac Jones is a very nice guy. We've seen it time and time again. Mac Jones likes to be nice to other defenses and not score 100 points. Devontae Smith is 15 yards separated from every single cornerback that has guarded him this year. The cornerback coming into the year that was known to be the best cornerback in college football, Derek Stanley Jr. He got burned for 200 yards, two touchdowns in two and a half quarters because he because Devontae Smith was 15 yards past him every single play of the game. Mac Jones could throw a ball to the moon and the ball would land right into Devontae Smith's hands because he was just that far ahead of him and he could wait for the ball. Yes. Mac Jones has played phenomenal this year, but if you're, if there's any year you can think of that, you could give the award to a receiver. There is no other year I can think of than this year, Andrew. Yeah. And I can agree with that statement. Devonta Smith is the best wide receiver We've seen in college football in a while, not best like talented wise, but he's had one of the best seasons by a wide receiver in a while. I don't think Devonta Smith is the best receiver we've seen in recent years. I think we've seen a little better, 
But what I am willing to say is he's putting up one of the best seasons from a wide receiver we have seen in a while, especially in such a crazy time where games are getting canceled. He's still putting it up, putting up great numbers like we we haven't seen before. I mean, Devonta Smith is having an incredible season, but I, Mac Jones is still my Heisman winner. No, you can't tell me anything to make me think otherwise. Mac Jones is having one of the best years at quarterback from someone playing for Alabama in a while. And Alabama has had some really great quarterbacks and players. Mac Jones is having one of the best seasons from any player in Alabama. I'll go as far to say that. Not just any quarterback from Alabama, any player from Alabama. He's having one of the best seasons from that program in a while. Mac Jones is my Heisman winner. I understand, though, where you're coming from with Devonta Smith. And I wouldn't even necessarily be mad if they do award Devonta Smith because he's just having that good of a season. And we haven't seen a wide receiver put up numbers like he is per game in a while. But Mac Jones, normally the award goes to the best quarterback on the best team. And Mac Jones is that. He's putting up pretty good numbers. And he's winning games in the hardest conference to play in in college football. Mac Jones is looking very impressive and is looking like the best quarterback in college football this season. Therefore, he is my Heisman winner. Andrew, I'm going to leave you with this closing statement. I'm not going to have you answer. I'm just going to leave you with this. Take away Devontae Smith from Alabama. Mac Jones is not nearly as good, but you take away Mac Jones from Alabama and put in Bryce Young because you have to have a quarterback. You can take away Devontae Smith and you put in just another, a different receiver. The difference between Alabama is significantly different when Devontae Smith is off the field compared to Mac Jones. Because if you put in Bryce Young, they're still going to be very good. But you put in another very good receiver, you take Devontae Smith off the field, but you put Jalen Waddle. Devontae Smith was the, the hurt receiver, the guy who broke his ankle this year. Alabama would still be undefeated, but Mac Jones, I'll tell you what, would not be the Heisman. I can guarantee you that because that's how open Devontae Smith is every play. That's how just good of a catcher he is. He's overall the best receiver in college football this season. So I'm going to leave you with that. But with that, Andrew, I think this would be a great time to wrap up today's podcast. We really hope you did enjoy. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and download this podcast. And we'll see you guys next time on the Last Take Sports Podcast.